Thank you for joining us today here at Emmanuel, where we are one church with multiple locations. And we believe that God wants to bless you right where you are. In a few moments, you're going to hear some practical teachings from God's Word that we hope is inspiring and relevant to your life. If this service blesses you and you would like to give financially, you can do so at eclife.org. Click on Give and choose Online Viewer as your campus. Thank you again for joining us and get ready for an incredible, life-changing message. Well, I want to welcome you to Emmanuel. How's everybody doing today, church? It's exciting to be here with you today. If you're a guest, my name is Danny Anderson, and I'm the lead pastor here at Emmanuel. And uh, we're in our series right now that we actually started last week called The Brand. And what we said last week is that a brand is simply this idea that, uh, that there's a symbol or an image that represents an organization or a product that differentiates itself from another product or another organization in the eyes of the consumer. And I like that definition, but uh, I really didn't like it. If you were here last week, I said I didn't like it because it didn't capture how the consumer feels or, or what a brand does to a person psychologically and emotionally. Last week we said that every good brand does something to us. It makes us feel a certain way. In fact, that's why we buy the product because the brand makes us feel, I don't know, successful or we feel like we have some significance or we bought some value. And, uh, and so that's really what a powerful brand does. And I actually showed you a couple of examples of some powerful brands. Starbucks, of course, is a very powerful brand. Nike also is a powerful brand. We looked at that one. This inspires us, you know, to go get it or to exercise or, or uh, I don't know, just to, it just inspires a lot of people. Another brand is Apple. A lot of us love this brand. It inspires excellence or simplicity. And a lot of us maybe don't like this one because it's, a, it's so expensive. Another brand we looked at was, of course, MJ, powerful brand, and uh, you know, last week I talked about how that inspires me uh, to just you know be the best that I can be, and so we buy we buy brands because of the way they make us feel. And uh, last week we mentioned that we also have a brand, and that is the E. And in this series, all we wanted to talk about is what does our brand stand for, like. When, you, when people see the E, when you wear the E, like what are we communicating, what are we saying when we wear the E to, to the community and even to ourselves when we put it on? And so if you were here last week, we talked about a couple of brief ideas. We talked about how the E actually represents grace, this unconditional acceptance from God, that God accepts us just as we are and not as we should be. And then we also talked about transformation, about how God wants to change us from who we are into a little Christ. Like, the way we said it was that, that God accepts us right where we are, but he has no intention of leaving us that way. And so that was last week. And did you guys enjoy that? Was that helpful? Awesome. I talked to a couple of people that said, man, I really love to talk last week, but I'm not sure I'm ready to wear the shirt. I think I am. And so people were really thinking about it, and I hope you were too. And so today all I want to do is, is, uh, is talk a little bit more about what the E stands for. So if you've got a pen, if you take notes, let's dive into this. So in your notes there, the E stands for personal kingdom impact. When you put this shirt on, when, when, when we ask you to put this shirt on, what we're saying and what you're saying is that you have made a decision to make a personal kingdom impact. You know, the church is on a mission. 
And if you've been around here long enough, uh, or even if you've been around here for a short amount of time, you know that the church, this church, is on a mission. Jesus Christ has asked us to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, it's pretty clear the mission that we're on. We're here to make disciples. We're here to bring hope to people. We're here to help people move from darkness to light. We're here to help people move from brokenness to healing, right? And, and And so our mission is pretty clear. The confusing piece for for a lot of churches and and for us a a little bit, the confusing piece is whose job is it to fulfill that mission? A lot of people are confused about that. A lot of people think it's my job or, you know, the the professional clergy, the professional Christians that actually get paid. A lot of people think it's it's the staff of our church or the staff of churches. Like it's, aren't those the people that are getting paid to do the mission or to fulfill the mission? And that's just simply not true. And, and I'm so glad that the Bible makes this really clear for us. In the book of Ephesians, we actually mentioned this last week. In, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says, Now these are the gifts that, that Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. So the, basically, the gifts to the church are the leaders. Now watch this. Watch, watch what the job of the leaders are. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. See, Paul makes it abundantly clear that the leaders of the church are to be acting like coaches. And if you think of sports, think, think, I don't know, think of a basketball team or a football team or a soccer team. The job of the coach is not to get out on the field and kick the ball in the goal or shoot the ball in the hoop or, or hit, the, hit a curveball over the fence. The job of the coach is to equip the players to be able to win the game. And in the very same way, the job of the pastor, my job, the job of the leadership team here at the church, the job of the staff, the job of the elders, it's not to get on the field and kick the ball in the net. It's not to swing the bat and hit a home run. It's not to shoot the ball and, you know, hit the winning shot. It's actually to spend time equipping you all, the players on the field, to do the work of the ministry. It's not our job, it's our responsibility to do the equipping, to get you prepared and ready to actually do the mission, to make disciples and to further God's kingdom in this world. So if you look at my role, my role is simply to act as a coach. So today, what I want to do today is kind of coach you and give you three big ideas to equip you to do the work of the ministry. And the first one is this in your notes there, is that you have a mission. Yes, the church is on a mission. I just mentioned that. We're going to go out and make disciples, and we're going to bring eternal life and abundant life to as many people as possible, right? But you have a specific mission. You know, the Apostle Paul in the Bible is one of the main characters, and, and of course there's Jesus, and then when we look for someone to maybe model our life after, or, or maybe someone who's a model of faith, or a model of courage, or a model of godliness, I mean, we can't help but talk about the Apostle Paul, right? He wrote 14 books of the New Testament. And the Apostle Paul, when he wrote about himself, and in fact, I'll show you one particular passage. He was writing a letter to a group of Christians in Ephesus, and, and, and what he says about himself is, is that he calls himself an apostle. Listen, I'll show you in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the people, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, and then he continues to write the letter. This is not the only place that the Apostle Paul refers to himself as an apostle. You might be thinking, well, what's an apostle? 
Well, an apostle, there were 12 of them, an apostle is basically a sent one. An apostle is basically someone who was on a mission. An apostle is someone that was, that was being sent on a mission to accomplish a goal. Paul calls himself an apostle. And we are, in a lot of ways, we're to follow Paul's example. Now, you might be thinking, but wait a second, I'm not an apostle, and, and I, don't, I wouldn't even call myself an apostle. Can you imagine out on the sign that says, out there, it says, you know, preaching today, Apostle Danny Anderson. That would weird people out, right? Wouldn't that just be strange? Yeah. We're not going to call ourselves apostles, okay? That's not what we do today. But in, in a sense, we really are apostles. We're, we're sort of unofficial apostles, You say, how can you say that? Well, when the Apostle Paul was writing to all these different letters, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, he he, he literally would write to the Christians in a way that that would would make them believe and and even feel the responsibility of an apostle. Let me me just show you one example. It's in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And and Paul, one of the verses, my favorite verses is verse 17. Paul says, you know, if anyone is in Christ, he's a a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And and it's this fantastic verse of, of, of how Christ changes a person's life. And then in verse 18... I want you to see what Paul says to the Christians. Now, he's writing not to pastors, not to professional Christians or clergy or paid staff. He's writing to the Christians in Corinth. Watch what he says. He says, all of this is a gift from God. What? The, 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 The fact that God is changing people's life. If anybody's in Christ, the old is gone and the new has come. All of this is from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Listen, he continues. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Then Paul says this, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Notice how many times he's using the word us, not himself, not the paid clergy, not the pastors, but the entire church, he continues, watch this. So we are Christ's ambassadors, his representatives. God making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we, see, when we say, when we plead, come back to God. What a powerful passage. The Apostle Paul is saying to the people in Corinth, this is our job. It ain't my job. It's not the job of the paid staff. It's the job of every single individual Christ follower in the church. We have been given the ministry ministry of reconciliation. It's our job to go out and speak on Christ's behalf and saying, come back to God. See, I'm I'm here to tell you today that, that you have a mission. Literally, I could say it this way. You are a missionary. Now, we think of missionaries as people that are, you know, maybe just, you know, incredible Christians or the next level Christians. They're willing to kind of leave their home and go to a different country and sacrifice all, you know, the, the American dream. And, and I'm sure there's some truth to that. But, but that's perhaps maybe a, an incomplete picture of a missionary. Every single Christ follower is called to be a missionary. In fact, Charles Spurgeon said it this way. He said, every Christian is either a missionary or he's an imposter. Now, I wouldn't quite go that far. Maybe, maybe you just didn't know. How about this? I'm going to assume that you didn't know you were supposed to be a missionary. This is the first time you're hearing this. But, but Spurgeon really felt like there were a lot of Christians that just didn't want to go all the way with us. You're either a Christian 
or you're an imposter. Wow. You are a missionary. So as your coach, here's what I'm telling you. You have to embrace this identity, embrace this role that God is saying to you, not just to the pastors, not just to the paid staff. Our job is, and our responsibility is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. You are a missionary. In fact, can you say that with me today? Can you just say, I'm a missionary? Ready? On the count of three. Ready? Say it with me. I am a missionary. Come on, a little bit stronger than that. I am a missionary. Very, very good. All right. So that's the first point. The second point is this. Watch, and you notes. Here's this. Ready? You have a specific role. You have a specific role. Now, not every missionary is going to have the same gifting. Not every missionary is going to have the same strengths. Every single one of us has different abilities and different strengths. Every single one of us has a specific role on the team. I mean, again, if we can go back to basketball, if we can go back to football or soccer or some other sport, right, where there's a team involved, if you look at those individual players, if the team is functioning well, they're all doing something different. I'll go to basketball because that one makes the most sense to me. You know, you, the point guard has a completely different role than, say, the power forward, whose job is to get rebounds and block shots and post up and, and play on the inside. And The point guard's not going to do that stuff. The point guard's not going to be posting up. The point guard's not going to be grabbing rebounds unless it's like Russell Westbrook or somebody like that, some insane, phenomenal... Anyway, some of you don't know who he is. That's okay. He's just... he's. Great, great player. But, you know, the, each individual player has a specific role. And when each specific player on the team is functioning in their role and they're being effective, man, the entire team begins to win. So first thing I want you to hear is that you are a missionary. Second thing I want you to understand is that you have a specific role. A couple of years ago, I read a book called Holy Discontent by Pastor Bill Hybels. And in this book... Hybels talks about how each one of us have a, an area in our life that, that is breaking our heart. And our job is to kind of figure out that, that what's breaking our heart is probably breaking God's heart. And that's probably the sweet spot. That's probably the area where we need to serve and where we need to make our PKI or our personal kingdom impact. In the book, he, t he says this. He basically says, have you ever wondered why, right after you said the prayer, and I know many of us have said the prayer and have accepted Christ and put our trust in Christ, he says, have you ever wondered why, after you put your trust in Christ, you didn't just immediately, immediately get beamed up to heaven, like right to heaven. Like you said the prayer, Jesus, come into my life. I trust you my, to be my savior. I, forgive me of my sins. How come you didn't immediately get beamed up to heaven? He says, the reason is, is because there's work for you to do right now. Between that moment and the moment that you actually die and go to heaven, there's this gap. And in that gap, in that space, there is specific work that God has for you to do. Listen in the book. This is what he says. He says, if you're alive and kicking today, then there is a specific work that you are expected to do. Some set of tasks with your name on it that God has given you to accomplish. Is that not a powerful thought? Like God has, has created you with a specific set of tasks, a, a specific work to accomplish. He has a specific role for you to fulfill with the, in between the time you put your trust in Christ and the time you go to heaven. You're a missionary, and you have a specific role to play. Listen, I'm not making this up. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. You see, in order for you to fulfill that specific task, you're going to need 
a skill. You're going to need a gift. And God has simply said, what I have done is I have given every single one of you a spiritual gift. It also, Peter also said it in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. How should we, what should we do with them? How should we use them? Watch this. Use them well to serve one another. God has given you a specific gift to, to function in a specific role so that you can be a blessing to the people inside this church, outside this church, so that you can make your personal kingdom impacts. So what's this stand for? What's this brand stand for? When you put the shirt on, when you wear the E, when you see the E, like what is it saying? You know what it's saying? It's saying, look, I personally am on a focused mission to make a personal kingdom impact, and I am using the specific skill set that God has given me to, func- to, to, to accomplish that work. That's what this says right here. Let me give you a few examples. Uh, there's a couple of ladies that every single week, um, a couple of their, their names are... Uh, Sue Andre and Brenda Crow. These two ladies, every single week, they sit in the back room here and they fill bulletins. Have you ever wondered how your, your worship guide gets, gets filled and printed and all that stuff? These two ladies right here, see, they have, they have the gift of just service and helping. And, and so they get that done. And they function in their role. And every single week, all of you have a worship guide to open up. Let me give you another example. This, this lady's name is Elizabeth. Elizabeth is on the, the host team at the Franklin campus. And she just, she just has the gift of, of encouragement. She has the gift of hospitality. So when you go to the Franklin campus, you're going to see a smile. You're going to get a handshake. And you're going to get loved on when you go to the Franklin campus. Just individual person functioning in her role, making a personal kingdom impact. And notice she's got the E on. See how that works? Let, let, let me tell you about these two people, Ryan and Lauren Roller. Fantastic people, young couple. They're actually in the youth ministry here at Emmanuel when I was the youth, when I was the youth pastor. You know, Ryan's got the gift of leadership. His wife's got the gift of leadership. So what do they do? They actually function as small group leaders here at this church, just blessing people, helping people connect to God, helping people connect in community. We've said around here, circles are, are better than rows, that, that spiritual growth happens best in the context of intentional relationships. Guess what they do? They function in that role, and they bless the body, and they're making a personal kingdom impact using the gifts that God has given them. Isn't that powerful? That's how it works. You're in a mission, and you have a specific role to to fulfill that mission and to make that impact. Let me give you this third idea as your coach, just just giving you, just just helping, just equipping you, just helping you understand how God is wanting to use you in this world. Your role has equal importance. Your part has equal importance. You know, a lot of people feel like my role is really important, you know. And because I'm the pastor and I give the sermons most of the time. And, but have you ever thought about how effective a human body would be if it just had a mouth? <laughs> I mean, that's really what I am. I'm just a gigantic mouth. I talk all the time. And, that's, and I'm sure every human body needs a mouth, right? But, but can you imagine if, if, if that's all we had was a mouth? I mean, that would be, that would be terrible, there's a thinking out there that, that well, you know, I don't, have the, I, I don't have an important role, and I'm not so sure that what I do brings value. I, I want to I just bust that, that whole myth wide open. Like, it takes everybody doing their part for the body to work effectively. 
Like no one's role is more important than this person's role. Like, can you imagine if, if all we had was a, a talking head up here, a pastor who gave a sermon, and we didn't have people in the, back in the children's ministry volunteering on the children's ministry team, serving kids and teaching students? And can you imagine if we didn't have, you know, people out in the parking lot, help, help, parking lot helping people park cars and keeping the flow going, and, and we didn't have greeters out there, and we didn't have an operations team keeping this place clean and the bathrooms clean? Can you imagine if we didn't have small group leaders, like, on every level, you know, like, from students all the way up to adults, just, just serving students in small groups every single week, like real people like Ryan and Lauren Roller. Can you imagine like what our church would be like? We would not be a healthy church. Do you agree with this? Yes or no? Do you agree? Absolutely. If all we had was a gigantic mouth talking all the time. Listen to how Paul writes about this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He uses the human body as an illustration of how the church is supposed to work in a, in a healthy way. Listen to what he says. He says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the whole body. The body's not just a mouth. The body's not just two eyes. The body's not just two ears. It takes all of the parts. Watch this. It takes all of the parts to make a whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So it is with the church. What's his point? His point is to say, everyone's role is of equal significance. If the church is going to make the impact, if the church is going to make disciples of all nations, everyone has to do their part and function in their role. No one's role is more important than anyone else's role. You're a missionary. You have a specific role, and your role is of equal importance. That's just, that's just a bit of coaching I wanted to give you today to, to prepare you, to equip you, to understand what this brand means. When you put this shirt on, you're saying, here's what I, here, here's what I imagine in my mind, that when you put this shirt on and someone says, hey, I, you know, where, where, what's up with that church? Or I see the E. Here's where I would love the conversation to, to, to go or how I would love it to, to play out. I would love, I would love for, for someone to say, well, where, where do you serve? Like where, like, where do you make your impact in the church? And the, and the reason that that question is brought up is because you know what the E stands for. The E stands for, like, I'm part of the body, and, and I serve it in this capacity or that capacity. That's, that's what I would love to see happen. In fact, yeah, I would love to, to be able to, to just take a microphone like this, and I would love to, you know, just start down front here and just pass this microphone to every single person. And I imagine in my mind that every single person at some point in the future could, could grab the microphone and simply say something like this, you know, my name is Lisa. And because I have the gift of administration and organization, and because I'm a missionary, I serve at the children's check-in area. And every week I help, I help kids get checked in and I help parents feel comfortable and safe and I make sure everything's organized and everybody's got their stickers and everyone knows their numbers. <laughs> and I love what I do and I feel fulfilled. Or my name is Jonathan, you know, pass the microphone. My name is Jonathan and I'm a missionary. Because I have the gift of leadership, I've decided to jump in and lead a small group of people and help them go from where they are to where God wants them to be spiritually. And, and I love it, and it's what I was made for. And then Jonathan passes the microphone to somebody else, Tammy, for example. And Tammy grabs the microphone and says, you know what, my name's Tammy, and I'm a missionary. And because I have the gift of mercy and wisdom, 
I serve in the local church as a volunteer counseling people. And each week I meet with two or three or four people and I help them walk through some difficulty and I take the scriptures and I show them how to find life and how to follow Jesus' teachings and lead them into an eternal kind of life. And I love it. And it's what I was made for. And then Tammy passes the microphone to Tony and Tony, Tony grabs it and says, my name is Tony and I'm a missionary. And, and because I have the gift of hospitality and because I have the gift of encouragement, I serve, I volunteer on the host team, and every week I stand at the, the east doors, and I just love on people as they walk through the doors. And I smile at them, and I make an incredible first impression, because I know that sometimes the first impression is the one that makes the biggest impact. I just make them smile, and here's, here's the deal. I love it, and it's what I was made for. And then Tony passes the mic, and he, ta- he passes it to, to Heather, and Heather grabs it, and Heather says, you know what? My name's Heather, and I'm a missionary. And I have this voice that God's given me. And I love to sing. And so I serve in the church by just using my voice to lead people in worship and to express gratitude and love for God. And I love it. And it's what I was made for. And then Heather passes the microphone to Jim. And Jim grabs it. And Jim says, you know, my name's Jim and I'm a missionary. And I just love to serve in any way. I just love to help people. And so when I jumped in, they said, hey, we need some, somebody to jump in on the security team and make sure the kids are safe and make sure everybody's safe in the buildings. And, and so I did. And I have that gift and I, and I love it. And I feel satisfied. And he, he, here's what I'm trying to say today. My hope And my prayer is that we could pass this microphone to every single one of you and you would be able to grab it and say that. My name is so-and-so. I am a missionary. I have the gift of blank. Because of that, I serve blank. And I love it. And it's what I was made for. In your, in your notes, in your handout there, I've actually printed a little card for you. It looks like this. It's got the little Growth Track logo there on one side, and on the back side, there's a little printout for you. And the reason we printed these for you is because we wanted you to take these with you so that one day, if, it, if you can't say it now, if you can't grab that microphone right now and say, yeah, that's true of me, I'm a missionary, and here's where I serve, and I love it, and I was made for this, that one day in the future, you'll be able to fill this card out. And you won't just put the shirt on, and you won't just wear the shirt, but you'll, you'll actually live out the shirt. You'll actually make your personal kingdom impact in the future. So how, how would I do that? Let's say I, let's say I, can't, I can't fill this out right now. I, I wouldn't be able to grab the microphone and, and tell you a story like that and tell you where I'm serving and tell you that I love it and tell you it's what I made for. I, I can't do that. How would I be able to do that in the future? Here's how you can do it. And here's, why, here, here's what we've done. We have created a system. We have created the growth track for you. It's why we put the little logo on this side. 
It's a four-step process where you learn how to get connected to the church, how to trust Christ with your life, how to discover how God has uniquely created you. Like, what spiritual gift has he given you? He's given you one, two, probably more than one, probably two. Some of you he's given three. And, and how do you know what that is? And then once you figure out what that is, the growth track helps you find out and, and how to get plugged in and make the impact with that gift that God's created you to make. And so right now, you're actually, you know what your action step is? is? Is to register for Growth Track. You can do it a couple of different ways. You can grab your phone and you can just text the word GROW to 65248 and you can register that way. Or you can go to myeclife.org and just register for Growth Track right there on our website. And that is how you will take the first steps. And that's how you will step into making your personal kingdom impact. That is what this shirt represents. That you're not just saying, hey, I go to Emmanuel and, and it's, a, it's a fun place and it's a good, you know, we're launching campuses and, and I really like it and the music is, uh, you're not just saying that. You're saying, when I go to Emmanuel, when I put the shirt on, I'm committed to grace I'm committed to accepting people as they are. I'm committed to changing. I'm, like, I'm a work in progress. And, and, and I also have skin in the game. Like I am using the gift that God gave me to make the impact that he's created me to make. That's what this E stands for. That's my hope and prayer for every single one of you. Now, let, me, let me wrap up this way. You know, when, when we take this step, when we activate our gifts, when we you know, utilize our skills and we start to serve in the specific role, the specific area that God has put us or created us to, to, to function in, we're acting just like Christ. Like he came to serve. Like he came and modeled the deal. Like he came and in fact, the Bible says it. I'm not, I'm, it just says it in Mark chapter 10. It says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, not to sit around and, and say, hey, will you serve me? Come to me, bow down. Not to be served, but watch this, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for, me, for many. When we serve, we're, we're actually following in our master steps. We're saying, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think of other people. I'm going to use the gifts and talents and the time that you've given me on this earth, not selfishly, but unselfishly. I am going to be a blessing to others. I'm a missionary. You've given us this ministry of reconciliation, and I am going to utilize my gifts to make my personal kingdom impact. Now, some of you need to understand as we wrap this up, just how Jesus served you. It says here that he, that he served us by giving his life as a ransom. What does that mean? It simply means that there was a price that had to be paid for you to be forgiven. There was a price that had to be paid for you to be, have your sins washed away. Like, God doesn't just sweep our sins under the carpet and, and, and say, oh, don't worry about it. No, no, no. There is a, there's a penalty for sin. And what Jesus did is he came into this world and he allowed himself to be crucified. He allowed himself to be nailed to a cross because the penalty of sin was death. Jesus paid that penalty so that you can have forgiveness, so that you can have eternal life and abundant life. He is the ransom payment for you. And that's how he served you. And some of you, you, you have to step into that. Right now, you, you've got to say to Jesus, wow, I, 
I, I didn't understand that. I, I didn't know that. I, I want life. Would you, would you forgive me? If you paid the price, I, I want that forgiveness. I want to be cleansed from my sin. I want to be in a relationship with you. And the way you step into that is by placing your faith in Christ. You say to Jesus right now, Jesus, I trust you that you paid the price. You laid your life down for me. I trust you. Wash me, cleanse me, forgive me, make me a brand new person. And you just say to him, right now I'm trusting you with my life. Forgive me of my sins. Be my savior. If you'd like to do that right now, I'm gonna invite you to close your eyes in this very holy moment. Nobody walking around or moving around. Just close your eyes and bow your head and take these words of mine and and put them, put your faith in Christ. Embrace him as your savior. He loves you and he died for you. Would you pray with me? Just say these words, make them your own. Dear Jesus, I trust you today with my life. I believe you laid your life down as a ransom, as a, as a ransom payment for my sin. I believe you died in my place so that I could be forgiven, cleansed, made new, so that I could have real life, life the way it was meant to be lived. So I trust you right now. I put my faith in you right now. Wash away all my sin, cleanse me, and make me your child. And from this day forward, I give you my life. Transform me from the inside out. Help me to discover the giftings, the skill set, the specific role that you have given me to fulfill so that I can make a personal kingdom impact with the rest of my life. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Hey, church, can we just give God glory for what he's done today? Isn't it fun? Isn't it awesome? Love what God is doing. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, we really would love for you to grab one of these one-year New Testaments on your way out in the back of the auditorium, back of the, uh, the room there where you're at, uh, at Banta at Franklin here at Greenwood. Um, there's people back there. They'd love to put a one-year New Testament in your hands. And here's why we do that. We want to get you started on the right foot. We believe with all of our heart that as you take God's word into your heart and mind, he begins to transform you. He begins to take your thoughts to a new level. And that's how we actually change. They'll also talk to you back there about something called Starting Point. You want to ask them about that. It's a short-term small group that's designed for people who just placed their faith in Christ, may have some questions, or even if you haven't placed faith in Christ and you just have some questions about faith, it's a great environment for you uh, to begin asking those questions and finding some answers. So one more time, church, can we give God glory today for what he's done? Awesome. Your action step today is very simple. Just leave here, text to, uh, 65248, text the word GROW to 65248 or go to myeclife.org and register for Growth Track so that you can begin the process of making your personal kingdom impact. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for making it clear that all of us, all of us, every one of us is a missionary and that we have a specific role 
and that each one of our roles is just as important as every other inside the church. God, I know that when we all step into that, the church will begin functioning at its highest capacity and we will make the impact that you have created us to make, that you have designed for us to make in this world. We will bring life to people. We will bring freedom to people. We will help people develop and become the men and women that you created them to be, little Christ in this world. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. God bless you, church. Love you. We'll see you next week. Bring a friend.